For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. God bless you, get woke, get ready for impeachment. It's time for another podcast. And here with a, a dear friend, we've grown close over the years, really through these interviews, and a great admirer of her work. Many of you will remember her first as a member of the group LaBelle. And then you will also recall that she branched out on her own. And she is as busy as ever. World-renowned, award-winning recording artist Nona Hendrix is here in studio with us for Make It Plain. Good to see you. Good to see you, You as always. Thank you you very much. Thank you. And you are busy, 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 busy. I Uh, am. (laughs) I want to start this way, and I'm going to lift this up. This interview will be heard after these events happen, mm-hmm. but I do want to acknowledge. Yes, you're going to Europe. Yes, to Paris and London. Yes, I to am. pay tribute to Aretha Franklin. Yes, with uh, Auntie Ballas and uh, Betty Levette, and several uh, UK artists are on the show, and it's at the Barbican on the 12th, and Paris is the 10th. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so they're celebrating Aretha. So th- we're one year removed from her yeah. passing. Yes. Uh, what was that like for you, that, you know, it her was, passing? And, and what was know, her impact on you? I, I, the, her voice is indelible. It's, it's burned into not only my brain, but into my cells, you know, my body. And I, I remember for uh quite a bit of time going from Trenton, New Jersey to Philadelphia as um, this is probably like before LaBelle when we were still Patti LaBelle and the Bluebells and I would listen on my cassette player while I waited for the train I'd listen to Aretha Mm. you know and she'd get that was back in days when we had you know Walkmans yeah (laughs) right 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 but uh, I mean her voice has just been a part of my life from nearly as long as I can remember. After Mahalia Jackson, it was Aretha for me. Did you get a chance to work with her? Yes, with and actually, you know, I was just looking the other day. Was, we had this, like, kind of strange relationship mm. in that, you know, for years I didn't really get to know her, and then she in, all of a sudden I got invited to a birthday party, mm. and so I went, and I, because I knew Clive from other things, and I went, and she was just really so sweet, and she from then on, she would invite me 
to different things, to her shows, to birthday parties over the years. Right. And they have right. these, uh, these pictures, a series of pictures over the years from Aretha wow. birthday parties. Wow. Right? And then, and the other thing that happened that I could kick myself for not really following up is this, I think it was, I forget which inauguration it was, I think it was Bill Clinton's inauguration. Uh-huh. And it was in Washington, and I was performing at one at the post office there, and Aretha was performing, I think, at the inauguration. Right, and right. I was going into something, and she was coming out, and there were several people sort of ushering her out, and she turned around and says, Nona, Nona, I want you to write me a song. Right? And I'm going, and we're like passing like ships in the night, and I'm going like, yes, <laughs> yes, <laughs> right? Wow. And, uh, and I think later years, I, I sent uh, two songs to her, but I think they went through somebody else, so I, I never heard back. Really? Wow. That's a, that's a great story. Yeah. I mean, I just wish that's something in my life that uh, as a, a voice that has inspired me mm-hmm. and soothed me and moved me and all those things that I didn't get a chance to actually do that. And obviously her impact on the world, you're going to Paris and London. They're oh, going to yeah. pay tribute to her over there. Yeah, and, you know, because Aretha And they've invited traveling. you to do it. Well, yes, I'm, I'm really... I, that says that's a lot right there. respect. Yeah. Because <laughs> she didn't travel for years after mm. she became really, uh, you know, worried and, or, uh, I think, phobic about uh, flying. About flying, yeah. And yeah. I think she was in some really bad flight she, that she had and she stopped uh, flying. And so she didn't, you know, they didn't get to have the wonderful performances that we saw mm-hmm. here, you know, because she would travel on her bus to go where she wanted to go. Or, Yeah, they, they want to, I guess, celebrate her because, you know, she was the queen. That's right. She was definitely is the, the queen. queen. So is the queen <laughs> yes. uh, forever. Uh, and, and congratulations to you for being asked to come yeah, and, 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 and pay tribute to her. I mean, I don't think people would do that if they did not see your talent and perhaps even her influence on you and your ability to channel that. Yes, it's a it's a it's a heavy channeling. <laughs> it's not. It's not. You know, I right, the, right. and for me, I just needed to look at it like, okay, I'm going to pay tribute to her and sing it in the way that mm-hmm. I would sing it. And there's there's certain things. I mean, the songs that her catalog of songs yeah. are, yeah. I have pretty much that catalog in my brain, and so there are things uh, that vocally that she would do that fit within my register that I can approach. But then you know, there's this there's, there's the Aretha Hala that <laughs> only lived in that body. Yeah. Right. Well, those that fit within your range, I have to ask you then, are there those that you have a great, those songs you have a greater affinity for? Are there, are there favorites that yeah. you just, that just fit you like a glove? Yeah, I mean, there, and there's songs that probably other people don't think of, like Dark End of the Street mm. is one of my favorite. I listened to that song so many times, probably a thousand times. Mm-hmm. I'm doing uh, Till You Come Back to Me, which is another song mm. that most people don't, think about. I mean, there's just so many within the catalog that I think are great songs. Uh, Gotta Find Me an Angel. Yeah, you, know, the, yeah. the, you know, those are songs that are just, you hear the first few notes 
and you know what they are because they were, they were written when people would write songs. And because Aretha played piano, she, how she approached the song was as an individual. How she, you know, rather than uh, a music, say a producer, say like you know, my friend Nile Rogers, Nile has a specific kind of, he and Bernard had a sound, or Ashton Simpson had a sound, or, you know, Aretha Martin, but Aretha produced what Aretha wanted right, to do. Right, right. So, right. you know, there are songs, her songs where you hear either the first few notes of the piano or the, the introduction of a string line, and you know, you know the song. You know yeah. what's coming. You know what's coming. Right? Yes. Indeed, indeed. Yeah. Well, congratulations on that. Yeah. But now, you are working on another major <laughs> yes. project. You're a very busy woman, uh, <laughs> and we commend that. And again, you are probably the most revolutionary artist I've been able to sit down with because... Really? Yeah. I mean, because I didn't get a chance to meet Sun Ra. Oh. I knew him. Yes. Uh, I knew of him, obviously, yes. but I didn't get a chance to meet him. Yes. And <laughs> obviously, when we, if we're going to talk about Airfield futurism, that yes. is revolutionary. Yes, and that's, that's out true. There. That's true. Uh, yes. and, and, and you're doing it mm -hmm. and have had the courage to do it. Yes. So Harlem Stage yes. is going to be having some things all over the city. Series, yes, a series of concerts. It's the year of uh, Sun Ra for them. Uh, last year they did James Baldwin yeah. and a series of concerts and events around the city celebrating him and his work. And that was done by Michelle and Degia Cello, the amazing bass player and singer and artist. And this year they're uh, celebrating Sun Ra and Afrofuturism and speculative fiction, mm -hmm. which, yes, he is the, if James Brown is the godfather of soul, Sun Ra is the godfather of Afrofuturism yeah. in the musical world and literary world uh, from his poetry and his writings and his belief. Yeah, yeah. So, Nona Hendricks, being a, a, an elementary school teacher, if you, okay. would, if, you, if you would, talk to our audience about what exactly is Afrofuturism. What do we mean when we say that? It was coined by Mark Dreary. Sun Ra didn't coin the word, mm -hmm. but Sun Ra was already living the word. And he, it's, it's really what people would call, in a sense, fear of a black planet, mm. you know, in that Sun Ra believed that you needed to move people of color, black people, into the future, a future way of thinking to, for their survival, rather than, and also bringing back from the past, the Egyptian right. people of color and where, which comes out of Africa. So it's really taking people of color back to their strength as opposed to living in false beliefs participating in what other people say you are and knowing that you are descendants of kings right. and queens right. and that you, you know, he wrapped it in a very sort of almost science fiction level mm -hmm. in terms of the, you know, the, his belief that he was brought here from Saturn. Mm -hmm. So, you know, people kind of saw that as a, you know, way of going, oh, that's ridiculous. But he was, you know, he was crazy like a fox and that he was speaking knowledge and sending it through, you know, he was in, it was about energy and how you lived your life in 
knowledge of who you are and where you come from. You know, I, I think it's interesting. We're talking about futurism, mm -hmm. but there, he did have such a great emphasis on our past glory as an African people. So you, you have to understand, even his name, Sun Ra, yes. you have to in, embrace the past in order to talk about futurism. Yes, exactly. And that, I mean, I think he was also, you know, bringing together more like a family of people because being uh, indoctrinated in a Western way of thinking is more about not being a part of a family because we had been so separated yeah. from each other from the time that we were brought here on ships and sold at auction block that we were not we were not taught or were not allowed or we to be a community as if you go to Africa where you you know if you go to an airport if you go to a office building if you go to these are, there are black people you know it's where we were here and we we were separated yeah, yeah. and so Sun Ra was about you know even with the orchestra which he spelled A R Arc, yes yes orchestra mm. <laughs> that his musicians they they sort of lived mm. with him and they lived the music and his music was it was brilliant music because you hear it and you think like what is that that's mm. <laughs> so just people just making stuff it's not mm. like really something that somebody mm. it's not beethoven it's not you know but when you get into it and you start taking it apart and the musicians work you this is specific. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, the instruments are specific. They are, they're, they're on the vibration, and they're, but the vibration comes to each of them, what they're doing comes together to make. It's like a stew, <laughs> you know? When you cook a stew, all the ingredients are separate, but when you put them together, without one of those ingredients, you, it just it doesn't taste like, right. yeah. Well, and, and again, ARC, he spelled it A-R-K, yes, orchestra. orchestra. And you think about the, when we hear the story of Noah and the ARC, they're all those ingredients. Every yes. species yes. Of, of living thing is there. Being a and part of the orchestra, I guess, then, was less of a job and having a gig. It was more of a, a type a, of living. Yeah. And being so a part I, of a collective and a family. Yes. I mean, I think... It was, again, an extension of something, if you say uh, Duke Ellington and his orchestra. Yeah, that's a good you know, point. That's a very good point. That's, yeah. uh, and they, did, he, they didn't go as far as Sun Ra took it. You know, they mm. were uh, a band of uh, fellow travelers and musicians and creatives, and people came out of it, you know. But uh, a lot of the Sun Ra musicians are still the Sun Ra musicians. They make that music. That is it. Yeah, you yeah, know. That's what they do. They don't go off and play with Miles or whoever, you know, and, and do go off and else. do. Right. right, right, right. So it's like you sign up for life. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. But it's also, you know, Sun Ra was a very, he was unique in that, you know, he didn't really sort of like push himself out there. It was he was like, you know, leading by example, mm -hmm. as opposed to, you know on a soapbox saying, you know, follow me. And it was like, this is my belief. This is what I do, Th you know, and I'm doing it. And you can see I'm doing it. And right. 
you know, if that's where you want to go, uh, right. come with me. You know, it's interesting too, everybody need a soapbox. There's a subtlety kind of intersecting with an outspokenness just in the name. Because that's what get my, got my yeah. attention. When I first yes. heard of him, Sun yeah. Ra, I said, oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> yes. You know, my son's name is Minra. Oh, really? Yeah, you know, and some people huh. get it. Yes. Like, and, and I know you've yeah, been around yeah. people. Like, I remember we were, I, I first introduced my son. We were in one of the marches on Washington years ago. I think the 50th. And we ran into Professor Greg Carr at Howard University. I introduced my son. And he said, what's your son's name? I said, Minra. And Greg just stood up at attention. <laughs> you know, you, some of us just get it. Yes. And so that's how it was when I heard Sunron, his orchestra. I was like, oh, okay. Yes. And, and like you said, that didn't need a speech. No. There are those who get it. And that's one of the beauties of, of art. Because really that's what art is supposed to be. Not, mm -hmm. you know, a, a Nona Hendrix or an Aretha Franklin or a Sun Ra giving a speech. I give a speech. I deal in politics. Yes. But you all put the art out there. Mm -hmm. And it's up to us to, to, to go deeply into it, enjoy it, mm -hmm. and discern it. That's what mm -hmm. poetry is. Mm -hmm. yes. if, a poem's not a poem if I say... Just spell it all out yes. <laughs> for you with the cliff notes. You have to you have to really feel it and get it. Yes. And that's what he was doing. Yeah, and also, you know, if you, a lot of people don't know his uh, beginning. You know, he was from the South, yeah. and he was really, you know, playing kind of more sort of a blues-based mm -hmm. music. And the th thing that, to me, that changed him was when he was in, when you have to go into the military. It was back in the days when you could be, they would send you a, a letter saying you had to show up to go into the military. We drafted. Drafted, yeah. yes. And he did not want to go. He mm -hmm. did not believe in it. And he said, you know, I'm a musician. I, I don't, I'm not going into the military. And they uh, imprisoned him yeah. um, for a period of time and put him through tests to see if there was something, if he was mentally... Uh, disturbed, mm -hmm. and I think that had a huge effect on uh, him. And I and going to Chicago after that, I think it moved him into, you know, like where recognizing the oppression uh, that he had been through through that period, and how to break out of that. And I think that's where he found either a place for himself within himself, right? Which some people could say is insane, mm. that if you go within yourself to find yourself and uh, not live by society's rules, people could say you're crazy, mm -hmm. right? So some people put it to that, but I think for him, for his survival, he had to find another way to exist on this planet. Mm. Yeah. And it yeah. was through turning his music, turning his thoughts from from the inside rather than from the outside in. What yeah. he believed right. rather than what I believed or you believed. He said he was from Saturn. Yes. Did he really believe that? Yes. He believed that he was brought here. He believes that uh, and it seems to be true that we are stardust. We come from, mm. you know, I mean, some people can look at it and say that, like, okay, that's 
you know, you're a body, you're a person, you're born from your parents, you're that. But, you know, if you look at life, if you break life down, what and I'm, really I'm about to get down to quantum physics. Come on. Yes. Uh, <laughs> we, are, we are stardust. Yeah. You know, we are yeah. light. We are, you know, and that's, so that's yes, we have traveled. We travel through space without spaceships. We travel through time without spaceships really and this is i think science would bear, bear this out that if you break us down that's really all we are we're energy you know i, I once asked neil degrasse tyson yes who was considered the authority on these things yes if there is other life or life like us yes. and he said to me considering what we're made of yes and and the matter that makes us up it, it's not it, 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 it's out yes, there yes of course it, it's it's so there there really has to be it's not far-fetched i i i wholly believe that in that just because i am constituted the way that i am or humans are that other life forms mm -hmm. exist they don't have to look like us like you know fish doesn't look like us but it's a life form yeah and ultimately we evolved from a single cell organism mm -hmm. over time mm -hmm. i know there are those who don't believe in science i'm not going to call them out right 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 <laughs> but you know i mean it, it's there uh there's there's proof and also when you you know look under a microscope at uh, anything or x-ray or any of the ultrasound systems and the modern technology, you begin to see that we are not as we appear. Yeah, yeah. As uh, I think there's a, a famous saying, which is one of my favorite, uh, life isn't, isn't what it seems, nor, nor is it otherwise. Mm. And that's, that's my constant koan to keep me focused and understanding that kind of like what I see isn't always what you get that's right <laughs> another way of saying it. in spite of the song right. in spite of the song yes but what about god did he believe in god or a creator believed in the creator but not in the you know the christian of course, uh, right. form i mean if you go back to the egyptian understanding of gods you know yeah. or uh even further back um you know, the belief in a single God happened uh, a long time ago, but it was really, yet again, somebody perpetuating a belief that caught on. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, no, Sun Ra believed in ultimate beings, but not a singular one. And I really today cannot disagree with him because... You know, I was brought up under the Christian, you know, and it's so funny because we were uh, African, you know, AME. Okay. You know, so I'm like, kind of, what religion is that? You know, it's Methodist Episcopal and it's African and it's like, you know, okay, so what is that? Right, not, right, right, right. <laughs> what? Is it actually? And then you've got this traditional Bible that we're being taught, and da da da, you know. And so I questioned that very early on mm. and began to sort of sit, 
you know, in church because I had to because my mom was like, you will be going to church. Mm-hmm. And I sit there and go like, you know, I don't really get this. Yeah. So, yeah. yes, you know, Sun Ra in terms of, you know, now that I've lived a few times around the sun, I can see that, you know, believing in an energy that would express itself through many things in the universe or solar system. For me, that, ha- that, is, that is my belief, that is my truth, that mm-hmm. there is no singular God, that somebody who made these things and put them on the planet and said, you're a tree and you're, you know, I think life is expression. Yeah. And where that first expression came from, I have no idea. But I'm living it. Yeah, you're living it. Lest my fellow Christian preachers who are listening to this will say, Mark's only doing it. But, but like I said to Neil, you know, I kind of moved Neil because Neil, I, I won't say I moved him, I won't be mm-hmm. that arrogant. But when we talked about it before, we, one time we talked and he was just, you know, not feeling the, the issue of, of faith and spirituality. He's purely scientific. Yes. And but then we talked a second time, and he kind of softened when we talked about it, mm-hmm. because you know for me, they the, the two can coexist. You know we can have the, the faith beliefs, and yes. I believe our ancient Egyptian Kemetic ancestors yes. were actually the first to interpret humankind's relationship with God. Yes. So there's not a yes. as you said, there's not a contradiction in that if we're going back to that history. Yes. But I, I said, and he was right next to me. You know, we talking about with the Big Bang. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, Neil, who made the bang go bang? <laughs> <laughs> so we had some fun with that. But, yes. but no, I, and, and I, I, I understand that. And it's really, to me, is there's a beauty in even going on the journey, even us talking about this. Yes. Where, where did we come from? Why are these things the way that they are? And honestly, as we look at everything that's happening, Yes. Mm-hmm. The things that are our energy and forces and nature around us, mm-hmm. you know, maybe we ought to go deeper within ourselves and take all of those things more seriously. Mm-hmm. And is what you're saying or what Sun Ra's saying so much more far-fetched than now some of us, many of us now finally admitting, mm-hmm. y'all, we causing these hurricanes. Yes. Now, 100 years ago, nobody would have thought, I'm sitting around here, going to work every day, living my life. Yes. I'm, I'm not causing a hurricane. Yes. But I actually have the ability and the energy mm-hmm. to create something that we would normally call a force of God and force of nature to actually exist and be more intensified mm-hmm. than it has ever been before. You know what Dick Gregory used to say? He said the hurricanes mm-hmm. actually follow the route of the transatlantic slave trade. They start on the west coast of Africa. They follow the yep. same route and they come up the East Coast. He, so he talked about yes. even that energy. So we, we got some energy. Yes. Well, that's all we are. Yeah. In the end. Yeah. And in the beginning. You know, we don't, we don't exist until we are, there's conception. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And what are we before that? Yeah. A thought. A thought. Right? Him thinking he want to get with her. <laughs> or right. however right. the conception is done today, yeah. whether it's in, you know. And then in the end, when we leave here, 
That is, you know, my thing is all we leave is ashes and memories, is mm -hmm. all we leave behind, right? Mm -hmm. And that is, that's, that's just energy. And the fact that there's more of us on the planet that has created more of an imbalance with what there is to uh, resources to be used, whether it's water, air, food, you know. So our consumption to create more of us, because ultimately that's what it is, and how we use the resources that we have is what is causing the imbalance. You know, it's not, it, and it is to be more mindful about your presence here on the planet to help it survive for those to come in the future. So it's not so much that it, it isn't, it isn't, that we are causing these issues because there are more of us, mm. right? Mm. When there was less of us, you know, a hurricane could happen right. over there and there would be no problem because it was mainly maybe, you know, when, when the dinosaurs disappeared, something catastrophic happened, all right? So we're still here, but we can cause something catastrophic to happen That's right. for ourselves. And it's, it's really mindfulness being, you know, thinking about what you do, what you use, how you use it, and how it affects now, and also the future beings that you hope to create. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's really, and that again, it just, it comes down to energy. How much, how much as an individual, okay, do I need three, four houses around mm. the world? Mm. Do I need how many cars? Do I need how many, you know, boats or whatever I have or how many plastic bags I use in a week, right? To, so do I need as an individual all of that stuff. I can't take it with me, right? right, right. It didn't arrive here with me. Right. I came naked, yeah. right? Yeah. And that I feel the need to accumulate in life, you know, this stuff that I must uh, protect. Yeah. I must fix up, I must do this, you know, I must have all this stuff to say I am who I am in the world. None of that, in the, you know, what we were talking about Aretha earlier, what I remember is her voice. Mm. What I remember is her presence. Right. What I remember, I don't know anything about, you know, uh, what happened to all this stuff. Right, right. I don't know. I don't care. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right? Yeah. And I think that's what we've gotten. And what Sun Ra was saying you know, he was just like, you know, he wore um, kaftans, you know, because he didn't want to buy into that, I've got to have a suit and, you know, and be this person and have, you know, all these suits that I wear that represent some, something to somebody else that I am not. Mm. Mm. Um, tell us about your relationship with him and as enlightened as you are now as you said you were sitting in the church 
<laughs> yes. and questioning. So that was a process itself. Yes. When did the light bulb finally go off in your head? What did did he help you oh, to yeah. do, figure that out? Yes. I mean, there are two. Well, the, uh, I'm trying to think how many there are. I mean, you know, Stevie Wonder had that same thing. He did it in a different way, but he had that same musical for me you know, dynamic that made me question things. Right, right, right. right. And that was his first album after leaving, I think it's leaving Motown, fulfilling his first finale. I think that was the first one. And, you know, but also going back then to Sun Ra and uh, his, in Philadelphia, there was this whole... uh, Thing were going on where he came to Philadelphia after you know and set up there, and I was spending a lot of time because that's Patty Labelle and Bluebells. That was yeah. our point where we <clears throat> met and rehearsed, and and yeah. that's because Patty lived there, and we were from Sarah and I from Trenton, New Jersey. Right. We would just you know hop on the train and go there, mm-hmm. and there you know Sun Ra was there, and a lot of the musicians who were more in the was considered the jazz world were based in Philadelphia, I think Fletcher Henderson, different people like that. Mm-hmm. And the first time I heard the music, I was like, and people were talking about this guy called Sun Ra who was in Philadelphia. And I was like, you know, we were singing like nice little girl songs and, you know, doo-wop, <laughs> almost doo-wop-ish. <laughs> right, right. Early poppy, you right. know, uh, down the aisle, I'll walk with you, yeah. you know, songs like that. And Commercial had, stuff. Yes, I mean, we were, you know, 16, yeah. going on 17, yeah. and, you know, I forget who it was. It was like this uh, musician at the Uptown Theater, mm-hmm. and we would play the Uptown Theater all the time because we were kind of like hometown girls, you know, Patty LaBelle and the Bluebells, and they were, this guy was telling me about this guy called Sun Ra, and that's where I first heard his name. I, I was, again, I was like, Sun who? Right, <laughs> Sun right. Ra? And that, so I... Being inquisitive, I began to investigate, and my brother uh, had brought home a copy of a Youssef Latif album, and I remember hearing that album and thinking, like, "Oh my God, what is that noise? Yeah. Why are you playing?" Right, right, right. And my brother was like being cool, you know, he was in the jazz, and you know, and so, and then I, I heard Sun Ra, and I went, "Oh, okay." I kind of, I'm beginning to get this. And that was my introduction to Sun Ra. And very interestingly, there is another movement in Philadelphia of young people influenced by Afrofuturism making music in another very different way. Wow. Wow, That's incredible. Yes. So did you ever get to work with him directly? No, no. Didn't work with him directly. I wish I... That would have been, I don't know, that hit Sun Ra and Captain Beefheart, uh, Don Van Fleet, are two people who, who I could say uh, either twisted my brain or untwisted my brain. <laughs> <laughs> if you think of a double helix, they did either, one of them did something. And then the other person would be, as I said, there was a Stevie Wonder. And then also somebody who I did get to spend time with was Frank Zappa, mm. who was also of the same. Right. Right. Yeah. Not well, on the metaphysical side, but 
musically. What would you say the, the state or the status of Afrofuturism is today? Is it an ongoing movement? Yeah, and it's having a, a large uh, resurgence in terms of young young people from sort of the, the Afropunk. Uh, did you go to Afropunk this year? No, I didn't. Okay, I, okay. How did you go to Afropunk it. without you? I don't know. They had it. They, I was there last year. I know. But they, they had it. I, you know, <laughs> that's okay. Okay. I'm, I'm, move, I'm moving on into the future. Yeah, all right, I'm, all right. I'm into some, I'm, move, I'm into cyborgalism. So they can stay with the Afropunk. So I what's cyborgalism? What is that? A human, the, a marriage of human and machine. The dream machine. Mm. Right? So, because we can. So the cyborg and the oracle comes together. Wow. Yes, that's the cyborgal. That's the that's the next. Sun Ra would be with me because. So, do you manifest cyborgalism? Did I say it right? Yes. In music too. Yes, of course. Okay. I okay. do it by using technology in terms of one one of the early things I started working with is called an audio tutu, which is a. Uh, plexiglass tutu that I wear to perform in mm. and I, I was able to sort of migrate through Lincoln Center from different places and like a Pied Piper and take people with me. I wear, I have a, a couple of gloves that I use to control my voice and sound and so it's integrating myself with the technology and you know the next step is actually having implants so that I don't have to wear anything on the outside to control some of the technology, which is already being done. So that's my... It's a, implants are already being done. Yeah. It's not, yeah. That, there was a professor like 20-something years ago who had uh, RF devices implanted in his arms so he could control the doors, you know, open doors, turns computers on. You want to do implants? Is that something you yeah. want to do? Oh, Yeah. But for, for your purposes, it would be music. for music. Mm -hmm. So let's be specific. Give me an example. What kind of implant would you consider? A chip, you know, that I could either have, uh, you know, because there are chips now for uh, different things for hearing. Right. You know, we're, we're, of course. We're, we're moving there, you know, to so, human so and machines. So I would have a chip implanted so that I could wirelessly control music on my laptop, on my, or any wireless mu uh, instruments that can be controlled by Bluetooth or Wi-Fi. So I could have my own sort of network that I connect to. And, you know, instead of having to actually play an instrument to connect to the uh, sound source, I could just do it either by movement through because I would, the chip is implanted and the chip, chip would be wired and using either s some sort of sensor inside of my uh, body or a sensor that, that has a uh, connector, a dongle, or maybe mm -hmm. not even a dongle, to some form of receiver, mm -hmm. whether it's a laptop or a... Wow. Yeah. But, you know, that's, we're, we're there. Using your body to... Transmit yeah. and perform yes. music. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And you're going to do that. Yeah. Wow. When could we actually see something like that? I mean, how close are you to achieving that? Well, I think it's really close. I mean, just in terms of being able to, I need to find the right 
uh, team to actually work with me to do the implant and what and program the chip so that it can recognize the instrument and so it's a, it's a team that I'm assembling uh, right now I do it by using um, you know a glove or different right. gloves that have right. the uh, the ability to use Bluetooth Bluetooth is a little funky so yeah. it, it needs to be a better more stable right. Right. system so wow. I I am an ambassador ambassador at Berkeley College of Music uh, and I work with the EPD department, which is the Electronic Production and Design Department. And we are developing different, we do it in performance, but using technology. And this year, uh, we'll use AR and VR in performance to move into that sort of augmented reality world. And also in the virtual reality world where you can uh, now we still use things like controllers to do that in the virtual world, but eventually, if you have a chip implanted, you don't have to have a controller. You become the controller. Wow, that's fascinating. Yeah, it's and and, and that's courageous too, and revolutionary. Cyborgalism, yeah. did I say it right? Cyborgalism, you're saying and, it right. And so, cyborgalism, we would call that a branch of Afrofuturism. That is, to me, yeah. the next step. Yeah. About Afrofuturism is, I would say, the, the mother of cyborgalism because you can, yeah. you know, saying cyborgal, the oracle comes from the Egyptian, yeah. the past, you know, people who would speak. Yeah. And that's why it relates for me to music and to art because without art without music without you know the human being kind of what are we are we we become then just uh the species just becomes a propagating species yeah. but the fact that we have this ability to be moved mm -hmm. by an image to uh, be moved by sound to be moved to the point where we're moved to tears or to we have this we have this expression of joy that we feel that it moves us to dance that for me comes from the was what makes us human yeah and that yeah. comes from the that is the oracle part of the cyber part mm -hmm. and that's what brings them together for me well, obviously, it's a podcast, so people who listen to podcasts probably will have an affinity because people, the per, you know, one of the, the things about the podcast genre is that you can go kind of deep. Yes. So we're going deep today. <laughs> yes. But as, as I hear you talking about it, and I talk about this a lot, to me, Nona, a lot of us really are already machines without realizing it, but it's the wrong kind of machine. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yes. Like, like they can program us. Mm-hmm through consumerism, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. to do whatever they want us to do. Mm -hmm. And then you become, you yes. know, machined yourself. Like, they, they tell you, you got to go get that chicken sandwich. Yes. yes. And I've been saying to people, you know, that chicken has always been there. You know you could have got it and put it between two pieces of bread. Yes. And now they're out of the chicken sandwiches. How does the chicken place run out of chicken? I mean, and then people yes. are like, I'm disappointed. No, no, no. The chicken is still there. Just take it home between two pieces of bread. But we're, we're mac machinated. Ma machinated. 
I mean, I just made that word up. But you yes. know what I'm saying? Yes. <laughs> then they blow your mouth. People go, man, they got a yes. chicken sandwich. I said, yes. well, you know you yes. could have. Yes. And I stayed in line, but you Wait. still could have got some chicken and took it on put it between two pieces of bread. Isn't that amazing? You had yes, they've always been chicken sandwiches, always, right? right? And they, you know, they they program us, tell us how to think, yeah, how to vote, and yeah, all that. But it's not this coded real, with all that other stuff. That's you know? right. So you think like I gotta have a McNugget because yeah. that's not of uh, that other chicken ain't chicken. It ain't chicken. This is fascinating. <laughs> yes. So no. yes, we there is something about the evolution of humanity of species that if you are not aware and present, you do begin to believe that you are what people say you are, mm. rather than knowing you know, and, and finding out for yourself. And it really does come from the inside out as opposed from the outside in. Yeah. Just back in terms mm -hmm. of, of our history and ancestry, you know, when they saw pyramids on the moon and they had to reconcile the genius of our ancient Egyptian or Kemetic ancestors, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. they started to say that these weren't real black people or that these are people who came from out of space and built the pyramids. Yes, yes. I'm sure Sun Ra <laughs> thought, as I thought, well, why couldn't it be the other way around? Yes. Why couldn't our ancient black ancestors have gone to the moon before we even thought? Of it? And, you know, we talk about 1619, as you said. We're mm -hmm. not just descendants of slaves. No. Our ancestors came and explored America before Columbus in the 1300s, yes. Dr. Ivan Van Sertima says. Yes. So I appreciate the whole thing around 1619. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I'm saying, well, let's also commemorate 1325 when Abubakari... Mm -hmm. The yes. scientists came here and navigated from Africa, from Mali, yes. to come here to North America and establish trade with the indigenous people here yes. and produce life with them. So yes. you're right. We, we have to, part of the future is also going back to fetch it. Yes, and it's, it's also, you know, knowledge is king. Yeah. Because it is, you know, the, that we have a brain, that we have a mind, right. that we use to create this world, right? That's right. And if you don't have the knowledge, you live in, in disbelief. You don't, you don't know who you are. And that's why the, you know, our educational system, if we want to talk about today and, you know, from, I guess, since the Western society evolved and put things down in the English language, our knowledge has only been that knowledge, yeah. right? And unless you are willing to, or inspired to, or somehow uh, someone shares with you that there is, here, look here, you did not see this. You need to see this mm -hmm. because what you, the knowledge you have is limited. This knowledge will give you more understanding of true true history you know i mean if you think about what we're taught in school as history and history of the world it is really poor yeah oh, of course you know course, so course. that's why it's important to investigate mm -hmm. 
right? Mm -hmm. To be inspired to question, to, you know, because we're taught not to question. Like, just here, this is the test. This is what you should know. This is what, you know, it's like, no, 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 wait a minute. So if this happened, because there is that if this, then. There. Right. Right. So questioning and the I and the 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 internet has brought about the ability a, or a stronger ability to question yeah, yeah. and that to me is what the internet came into being for was to question also just in terms of afrofuturism Future, yeah which has to include the knowledge, the information, the power that comes from that. Yes. For our young people, I've always contended that if our young people knew and were taught, as mm -hmm. they are woefully untaught as it stands today, if they were taught that their ancestors were not just slaves. Yes. But were the first civilization on earth. Yes. The first scientists and doctors and engineers and mathematicians, chemistry, chemit, Yes. Um, then our ch children would feel even more inspired and empowered and confident. Oh, they'd know who they are. It, but to pursue some of these STEM fields. Yes. You deal with, I, oh, math, I hate math, math is hard. Uh, but your ancestors created math. Yes. That changes your <laughs> orientation. Yes. L like you said, the twisting and untwisting. Yeah, 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 yeah. And if they knew that. Yes. Yes. We'd be having a different conversation. Yes, because, I mean, what I was taught was that, you know, the alphabet and the... <laughs> you know, the Western uh, society's idea of numbers right. and what numbers mean, even. So, yes, Afrofuturism, I mean, it's just even the word is ancient and it's the future. Yeah, it is. You know, it's it human, the beginning of life, and it is science. Mm -hmm. Right? So, you, you know, just that. And then you get to, you know, speculative fiction right what is speculative and what is fiction mm. Mm. you know and mm. at, at different points people can say oh well you know science or scientists are they're speculating on something so a lot of science reports are this is a hypothesis this is something that we think could happen could be and you look at fiction it is considered to be not real, something that right. is made up. Right. But, you know, to me that is not true. It is, you know, speculative is thinking, imagination. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And having an imagination. If you couldn't imagine this world, it would not exist. That's right. That's and right. fiction is something that, for me, that you attach to it to say that I can fix it in a place that this this that I'm speculating on, right? So those terms, Afrofuturism, speculative fiction, you know, when you get, when you begin to break them down and think about them in relationship to on a, you know, if you're doing, I mean, chemistry or any of the sort of higher, what's considered the higher education, these are things that come from, uh, you know, the Egyptian, African That's right. That's right. Uh, world, they didn't maybe not. They didn't have maybe the name or the or right. or it was a symbol that represented. That's right. 
from a language that we couldn't understand and yes. still are seeking to understand. Yes. This this has been an amazing conversation. Cyber oracleism. I cyber oracle. I even cyboracleism. Cyboracleism. I'm sorry. But cyboracleism. <laughs> but also, you know, and speaking of STEM, I uh, when uh, number forty five <laughs> came into being, <laughs> right. with the whole disappointment for myself that happened, I was starting this. Uh, organization called SistersMatter.org, and it's Sisters, S-M-A-T-R, for science, math, art, technology, and robotics, mm. for young girls between the ages of 14 and 18. And mm. I was supposed to have the meeting that next day after the election, and everybody was, like, really Wiped just out. messed up. You know? yeah. But I said, you know what? I'm good. Let's have this meeting. Right. Let's Keep turn this ship around right away. today, right? And let's start introducing some young girls of color into uh, technology, and but doing it through the lens of art, because a, a lot of times for me, young girls are, you know, as a young girl, you're given a doll, you're given like a little cooking set, you're given you know, all these things that supposed to be what you're going to basically right. do. Right. You're indoctrinated yeah. right, away, right, right? Away. right away. Boys get trucks digging things, building things, right? And so, it, you know, I could see how even just from, you know, when you're a baby, you're, the brain is malleable and your things are getting set. So the teenage years are the years when you rebel and you can break out and find something new for yourself. And that's why I chose between 14 and 18. And it's to introduce young women of color to technology because I also read that 3% of the positions in technology uh, in the next sort of 15, 20 years would be, for, would be women, be filled by women. And I thought, what percentage of that would be women of color? Right, right. So we needed to... So uh, where is it now? Where is that organization? This now? is our third year. And we uh, have we did a pilot, and we at um, the Robert Wagner School in Long Island City. We they're working with a counselor there, so we found a. First, we were in the YMCA at the Long mm-hmm. Island City, mm-hmm. but um, we had some. Being a technology program, the Wi-Fi wasn't really working so well for us. So we were able to go into the Robert Wagner That's Junior right. Art and Technology School to run the program. And so we're going into our third uh, year, and I, I'm building a um, pipeline of students that I work with at Berkeley College of Music, the young women who I've gotten into. I've encouraged more women to come into that EPD uh, department, and once they graduate, I hire them to teach the young students for Sisters Matters Fab Lab so they can come out of school with a job in a field that they've studied and teach other young women. Wow. And maybe those young women will go into, go to Berkeley or go to some sort of technology, into technology. Outstanding. And be prepared. Outstanding. That's great. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, it's important. Paying yes. Paying it forward. Yes. All that is future. And Afro. And Afro. No question about it. <laughs> yes. So, folks, the cosmic synthesis of Sun Ra and Afrofuturism order out of chaos taking place at, at Harlem mm-hmm. stage and uh, throughout the fall it will, there will no, be 12 for a year 
it's a year, year long. Yeah, it's from year September long. to September. So what does that look like? You will be doing talks and, and whatnot? We will, we're going to cover almost every area in terms of music, literature, speculative fiction literature, whether it's anime or uh, you know, bringing people in to have conversation and have um, you know, open up for discussion. Order Out of Chaos is the first one. There'll be, we'll show two films by African-American sci-fi filmmakers and then have a discussion about it. Afterwards, Craig Harris, who, who played for four years with Sun Ra, will be uh, on the panel. And then myself, I will perform in my audio tutu and using some of my technology for performance. And, and I discovered this uh, performer called Brobot Johnson. Yeah. <laughs> He's a brother who's a robot. Okay. Brobot Johnson performs doing, uh, using loops and DJing and controls his voice and has a message as about being, you know, Sci- science and how science and he's also a filmmaker as well that's, that's and a musician so that's our first program then we're going to do we have another the next program is with a I was saying about this uh, movement in Philadelphia of Afrofuturism and uh, they're on a whole other level of quantum uh, physics and how how to move forward using uh, the quantum theory to deal with our past and our present. And there's a young, two young women. One of them is a lawyer in mm-hmm. daytime. <laughs> and then she is Rashida Phillips, but she is known as a quantum, uh, black quantum futurist. Wow. That is the movement. And that's her name. And then there's more mother, but more like an M-O-O-R. Yes, yes, yes. More mother. And they will be performing on December 13th and bringing their uh, black quantum futurist thought uh, project to Harlem stage and in February we will be uh, in a collaboration with the Museum of uh, Metropolitan Museum and we Craig Harris will lead a, uh, a group of musicians and we will perform some of Sun Ra's music but I also have brought in another person because I believe that there is no separation between African, Egyptian, and indigenous people around the world. And so a friend of mine, uh, Virgil Ortiz, who also has has an indigenous futuristic approach to his art, has created these uh, aeronauts who are native future people. So he designs, uh, he's a, a sculptor and a ceramist, but he also designs costuming that is, you see it and you think Africa and Egyptian, but it's also native and future. Wow. The title of the event is called Nona Hendrix and the Disciples of Sun Ra in the Temple of Dindor. Wow. So we'll be performing in the temple at the, in front of the huge, um, temple entrance that they brought back from uh, Egypt. And, and this is when? This is, this is uh, February 29th. And that'll be also? 2020. And that'll be here? In, that, yeah, in New, York, in New York. At the okay. Metropolitan Museum. Wow, that's amazing. You can go, they'll have it up on their website soon. And then we have a, uh, Craig will be doing a, um, a full performance of Sun Ra's music at uh, Harlem Stage. Wow. Uh, and celebrating um, 
Alan Marshall, Marshall Allen, who was mm -hmm. uh, one of the original um, Sun Ra members, who's 94, wow. I think, 93, 94, wow. and still hitting hard on still the stage. <laughs> still, I saw him, and it's like, really? <laughs> You're never going to sit down throughout this entire show and wow. playing the horn and leading the orchestra, and he's Amazing. got, you know, he's got like stacks and stacks of like kind of uh, Sun Ra composition manuscript on stage, like, I'm like, hi. And he kind of like, you know, shuffles through them and go like, oh yeah, we'll do that one, All right? Never sat down, never looked at the music, just played it. Yeah. And all Amazing. of the orchestra, it was just like, Amazing. it's like you eat a really good collard green you, <laughs> <laughs> you, know green. you know it. You know it. Yes. You know it. You yes. Know it. So harlemstage.org. And do you have a website where people can keep up with everything? Of or course you, I do. Oh, please. So I want people to follow it's you. It's just www.nonahendrix.com. And you'll have all and those events. All those okay, events good. are listed there. I okay. have a newsletter. You can sign up. Beautiful. So you can get some, some more 411. You, on, you, and on you'll me. see me. I want to come see this. Oh, please. I want to come see your, what kind of tutu do you call it? It's, a, it's an audio tutu. Audio tutu. I want to see all of that. <laughs> Nona Hendrix, folks. This is, this is something else. Yes. Uh, Wait till I get truly wired. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We want to see that. Yeah. Implants. Implants. You got indeed. a timetable? Uh, mm, I don't want to say too soon because okay. people be like, it's like, where is she at? Yeah, where's you where's know? right, right, right. So yeah, you where's Newman? <laughs> uh, but, I, but I'm, you know, I'm gathering my, my team. You know, I have to, I have to get the medical team has to course, come together because... Because yeah. we want you to be all right, mother. We love you now. We want yeah, you. This no. is innovative and revolutionary. But yeah, we want you but to be you okay. know, they. It's so now, like, you know, implants now are like. Yeah. 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 You, know, you get things in your teeth and stuff. That's right. They're there, so it's not like they don't exist. Yeah, yeah. Wonderful to see you. Good to see you. Speaking as of always. speaking of getting it, like we talked about it and. You know, knowing a, a, a good collard, a real collard green. <laughs> a real collard green. So I'm going to. Your gonna, mama's collard green. So I'm going to try this on you before we go because okay. I think you're going to get it. You're okay. going to know this collard green. Okay. I had a guest on yesterday. In fact, President of ACP, they just came back. It took about 300 people to Ghana. Oh. Jamestown to Jamestown, you know, Brilliant. 16, 19. Yes. And so I brought him on to talk about it. But he had already been on my social media over the weekend. <laughs> And saw what I had done over the weekend. And he stopped me. He said, first, when you talk about what you did. So he got it. And a few other people got it in terms of where I was and what I did this weekend. And I have a feeling Nona Hendricks is going to get it, too. I was down in rural Virginia. I, I, didn't, I didn't look at your Twitter feed well, this that's weekend. Right. But that's okay. But, but I normally I, do. But, but this is, you're gonna, we're going to get your immediate reaction here on okay. the air. You were. I was down in rural Urbana, Virginia. George Gresham of 1199, the largest a local union, so to speak, was well, not really local, but healthcare workers mm -hmm. had a get out the vote R and B concert. And I am seated. Rem Barber was there. Yeah. The opening act well there were two opening acts, GQ and, and Angela mm -hmm. Winbush, even though mm -hmm. she's not an opening act, mm -hmm. but the mm -hmm. the main event was I am seed and introduced the Isley Brothers. Oh. <laughs> so those who get it, get the collard green, have been treating me differently. Yeah. Folk, I didn't even know they had the kind of respect for me they had. They call me 
Brother, you and that's what Derek said. Yeah. UMC Dowsy brother. So we got it on video and everything. Yeah. And I, first of all, I have a different sense of self now. I'll never be the same. <laughs> as you can imagine. I'm hey, sure you can relate. I, I'll never be the same. I grew up with it. <laughs> of so, course. So, you know, that's and and still doing it. They they know, are sixty years. They they turned uh Jimmy around. Yeah. You know, Jimmy wasn't Jimmy until he got with the Isley brothers, that's right? That's right. That's right. And uh, you know, ha- having known all of the Isley Brothers for years, watching them, they were on that comedic. Yeah. You know, they went there too. You know, yeah. we all, you know, from the, you know, LaBelle and that sort of our influence on the um, Afrofuturism vibe, although we didn't call it that. It was more, people saw it more as a science fiction um but you know, it really was about Afrofuturism. You yeah. Know? And then you had because they you even know, paid P-Funk. tribute to Earth, Wind, Earth, Wind and Fire Earth, in Wind the concert. Fi- yes. You know, I I have to give LaBelle props because LaBelle LaBelle brought that whole movement in terms of Earth, Wind and Fire saw what we were doing, and they went like, oh, I think we better get ourselves a whole new vibe for stage. George came to our concert, George Clinton, and George was like, what? I'm going to get me a spaceship, right? Yeah. Kiss. Because the, uh, the person who designed our things designed clothes for all of them. I think okay. Not, okay. not Earth and Fire. But the Isley Brothers were also That's on right. that, you know, that period that they also came into that. I think, it was a, I think it was kind of in the air in the way that it's in the air mm. now, that Afrofuturism movement. Mm. Um, and I'm glad to see it coming back because it's or not coming back being uplifted again mm-hmm. by another generation and and come to think of it, just again you saying that out loud now because you know what my favorite song is the Dazzy Brothers yeah. even from a little kid and I said to the audience most of us wouldn't even been born if it weren't for the Isaac Brothers the Isaac, <laughs> you talk about that thought how it begins with a thought Isaac Brothers helped the thought, didn't they not? (laughs) They they brought the thought. You know, they would, you know, (laughs) even if, even if y'all, even if LaBelle started and other people, Isaac Brothers usually closed the deal. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So my favorite, speaking of what you're saying, now that you really got me going now. Yeah. Voyage to Atlantis. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Whoa. Yes. Because, Uh, because. You can bring some, you can bring on Brother Isaac Hayes up in there. That's true. That's true. I mean. You know, that whole period of time uh, from, like, the late 60s going into the 70s when um, we had this mine expansion of uh, our African history and even move in the Muslim movement with Malcolm X. and the, You know, there was a lot of thought and thinking going on and a lot of people who were more who may have been seen as you know our people the black panthers you know they were friends with the poets and the yeah. and the musicians and right. you know we did uh, you know we were on a show stokely carmichael was the was the mc uh, right so uh, there was transference of thought yeah, you yeah, know and you have bob yeah. marley and the right. you know people were you know and i think we're there again mm. When you have people like Common and people who are really putting some thought into, 
you know, their musical content and how it is delivered and who hears it and why they hear it and what it does that they hear it and, you know, mm. rather than I get me another car, mm-hmm. <laughs> I get me some more this, right, that, or right, the other. It's right. like, you know, this, this thing that I do has ramifications. Yeah. Nona Hendricks. Sorry, I'm, 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 I got on my soapbox. <laughs> no, that, listen. No, you you you're implanting in all of us. I mean, what you're, <laughs> right. you know, really. No, this is yes. This is meaningful. Once I get my implant, I'm going to be implanting. What well, I'm saying, intellectually, you're already doing it. And yes. the beauty of this being a podcast, this will always live, even beyond you and me, so people can come back yes. and hear this. Well, yes. You know, and say, "Whoa, this is what Nona." And you just broke, I mean, right here, you've just given us all a primer on the history of Afrofuturism and how many people were involved in this movement and there's going so, back. And there's so much more, and there's so many uh, new writers. I mean, people know of Octavia Butler and yes, Shapeshift yes. is, and yeah. it's shifting, and, you know, but there are a lot of other writers who have written and more are writing today, a lot of uh, women uh, writing on Afrofuturism mm-hmm. and uh, writing stories that are influenced by, you know, uh, the Africanness. That's not a word, I'm not sure. But, you know, in today and being able to move through time. Right. So, so I was yeah. I was an Afro futurist and probably didn't even realize it. Yes. Amen. I could yes you <laughs> I knew you were when I first met you. <laughs> Bless you. <laughs> Thank I you. Knew you were. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Uh, NonaHendricks.com. Go there and keep up with everything, and we're going to look for many other great things. And this will not be the last time we see each other either. Uh, hopefully because, not. No, absolutely. I, I promise you, it won't. We've always had in-depth conversations. Yes. Love you. Love you too. Safe travels I, to. I, be, um, I, you know, I, I follow you. I'll be. Thank you. I'll be checking for you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. So good to see you. <laughs> you too. Nona Hendricks, ladies and gentlemen. NonaHendricks.com. We lift up the name of Sun Ra and all that he did for the Afrofuturist movement. And we thank our Queen Mother, Nona Hendricks, uh, for introducing us to cyborgalism. Yes, and you got that. We look for, and, and the work you're doing with the young women, amazing. Mm-hmm. Thank yes. you so much. You're thank welcome. You. All right. Thank you for listening to Make It Plain and Get Woke. Remember to listen, like, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. Also, Subscribe to Make It Plain and Get Woke daily. Check out makeitplain.com to subscribe. If all minds are clear, it has been made plain. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line 
prop or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done.